Welcome to the ministry of Reverend David Edigenfi. Reverend David is the founder and president of Kingdom Mystery Center Worldwide. He is an end-time apostle mandated to raise matured sons of God who will explicitly manifest their identity in Christ. Reverend David has a dynamic music ministry and is the author of Dangers of Wrong Marriage. His strong passion for soul winning has spread Jesus for all missions and evangelistic crusade ministry. Now listen to Reverend David Edigenfi. We give you glory. Thank you, Father. You always make a way. There is nothing that will cause you to give up on us. Thank you. In Jesus' precious name. Hallelujah. Celebrate your God and Savior. The one that shamelessly hung on the cross for your salvation. That hot afternoon when the sun was on, he was not ashamed of you. Don't be ashamed to shout unto him. Celebrate him. Hallelujah. Glory. 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 Thank you, Lord Jesus. Just give somebody a high five and majestically take your seat. Somebody say, wow. What a blessing. What a blessing. I'm so excited. Amen. Wow. I want to talk to you shortly on the horns of the enemy. Look at somebody and say, Satan has horns. The horns of Satan, the horns of the enemy. There's a message over 10 years ago I preached here. And once I was preparing to do it, I felt it that I should touch on this thing once again. And I preached it in 8 to 12 weeks. So you can be sure I can't finish everything today. No matter how compressed I do. Hallelujah. So there's no need for me to rush it. But when you read the Bible very well, the Bible talks about 10 horns of the dragon. There are ten horns of what? The dragon. Let's pick scriptures from Revelation 13, the verse number one. The book of Revelation 13, the verse number one. He said, And I stood upon the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads. Somebody say seven heads. And ten horns. And upon his horns, ten crowns. And upon his head, the name of blaspheme. Zechariah 1, the verse number 19. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And I said unto the angel that talked with me, What be this? Somebody say, What be this? And he answered me, These are the horns which have, which have scattered Judah. And scattered Israel and scattered Jerusalem. And that is so prophetic. The scattering of Judah, the scattering of Israel, and the scattering of Jerusalem. Judah is a person, Israel is the source, Jerusalem is his exaltation. Judah is the person, Israel is the source, Jerusalem is the exaltation because Jerusalem was the, the place where the seat of David, the throne of David, was. But there is a horn that scattered Judah. And there is that horn that scattered Israel. And there is that horn that is targeting your destination. Say brick. There is a horn that has targeted you. There is a horn that is eyeing at what actually gives you confidence. There is a horn that wants to break your source of strength. There is a horn that wants to stop your next level. There is a horn that wants to frustrate your personality. 
but I am here to let you know that there is an horn that is also targeting your destiny. Your place of exhortation. But somebody said the capitals hammer shall rise. Oh, shout and say the capitals hammer shall rise. Hallelujah. So you need to understand these horns. The problem of the saints and the church, like I always tell you, is lack of knowledge. And that is what gives Satan advantage over us. But if we are of full knowledge, the verse number 21 says that. Take me to 21 of the same scripture. Then said I, what come this to do? These horns, what are they come to do? He said, and he spoke saying, these are the horns which have scattered. They have already done it. They have scattered Judah so that no man did lift up his head. But these are come to free them to cast out the horns of the Gentiles which lifted up their horn over the land of Judah to scatter it. I prophesy over your life. Any destiny swallower, any destiny devourer, any destiny utterer, and you are sitting down. Anything that has targeted your life to stop it, I command its destruction now. In the name of Jesus Christ. And it will be said that she was promising. And it will be said that she was first in class. But yet we look at you in life. And you look last in life. But I came as the capital with the hammer. And I lifted by the words of Jehovah in my lips. I declare and decree that any destiny stopper. Let it be stopped now. In the name of Jesus you cannot understand and they have a proverb and they say that and we have endorsed it and accepted it why so the bible says that the days of the unrighteous is short but the righteous shall live forever is that not what the bible said that the name of the righteous shall remain so why should the evil one remain and the good one is gone why should there be a dance and if there is any reward, it should be John the Baptist's head. Why should it be so? There is a horn that scatters Israel. There is a horn that scatters Judah. And there is a horn that is targeting your throne. That is targeting your Jerusalem. That is targeting your throne. But tonight, he said, for I know the plans that I have for you. I know the plans that I have towards you. He said it is an expected end. When God talks about an expected end, what he's trying to tell you is that the life you are leading, he's standing at a place waiting for your arrival. He has a place in mind where he's waiting for you. I declare that you shall arrive there. I declare that you shall get there. In the name of Jesus Christ. It is not every life that is prophetic. Certain patterns of life are demonic. Our lives have become what it is. Not because we chose to be prophetic. But because we chose certain lives. And we step on the path of demonics. He said he leaded me in the path of righteousness. And he restored my soul. He said for his name's sake. I come in the volume of the books written concerning you. That none of those letters shall lack his mate. You shall arrive. Somebody shout and say arrive alive. He said, no man shall take from you or eat that which your hand has labored for. There are men that work and other people come to swallow it up. Why? Because of certain horns. But tonight, I'm going to place these keys in your hands. You see, your prayer wouldn't be boring again. You see, a, 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 you, you don't love to pray because your prayer is so boring. It's so boring. When you lift your voice and you want to pray, you don't even know what you're praying about. You don't know how to pray. You don't know how to pray. He said, for we know not how to pray. Or I mean, what to pray for and how to pray it. Even if we know that we need a husband, how to pray for the husband, the Bible says we don't know. But he, the spirit himself, 
I don't know whether you are here of God. I said, but he, the spirit himself, the one that searches the deep things of God, nothing escapes his eyes. The Bible says, with groanings which cannot be expressed, he will raise altar of prayer on our behalf. And I know the Holy Spirit is interested in your matter. And therefore, you are not going to miss it. Even in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Let's take our seats. Revelation 16, 13. I trust I can teach. Last Sunday, last Tuesday, we couldn't teach. The place was on fire. He said, and I saw three unclean spirits. I saw three what? Like frogs. Last Sunday, I told you about the monkey type. Come out of the mouth of the dragon. It came out of the what? Now, when you read from Revelation chapter 12, the Bible described the dragon as the old serpent which was in the garden of Eden. He grew. There are certain relationships you should terminate them before they kill you. There are certain things they have been designed and planted to swallow your destiny. To finish you before you arrive. The serpent which was supposed to be terminated in the garden of Eden. They allowed it. They befriended it. They kept it alive. And the Bible says that that old serpent has now become a dragon. And out of the mouth of the dragon are coming unclean spirits. And one of the spirits the Bible calls, he said that it is, I mean, uh, out, out of the mouth of the beast, out of the mouth of the, I mean, out of the mouth of the, uh, he said, I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of what? False prophets. Now, the, the dragon, the beast, and the false prophets are the symbol of the satanic trinity. The dragon, the beast, and the false prophets. You see, the Antichrist can never be successful without a prophet. That is one thing you must know. So, not too long, if you head the UN, they have started thinking about, I mean, creating a new form of religion. Just, just not too long. Why? Because they say it has been declared that Christianity is a, is a terrorist activity. You will declare that. It's a terrorist activity. Why? Because somewhere, somehow, they don't know how it happened. It looks like the world is being controlled by Christian values. So you say LGBT and they say no, it can't work. And they say how? They say we are Christians. They say, what do you mean? So UN doesn't understand why. They said if it, people are so entrenched in religion, then they are going to create one religion system. And the Bible has prophesied this long time. Now, when that religion system comes up, there's supposed to be a leader that will lead that system. And that will be the first prophet that will be appointed. Let me let you know that the Antichrist, by the time he arrives, there will be the first prophet in existence. The system will be ready for him. All this digitization and all this that are going on, it, is, it looks good for us. And that is, you see, a trap will never look ugly. A trap will always look attractive. What Satan would trap your life with, it will never be one of the things you detest. It will always be the things you love. The Bible says that when, let no man say that if, if he be tempted, he was tempted by God. It is the last of your flesh. So the system is being set in place. We are digitizing and doing everything and by the time you realize you see one side of the world is trying to digitize everything another side of the world is also working on the internet of the internet of things so by the time you realize the digitization will connect to the internet of things and by the time you realize the whole world is being controlled on one mainframe and when that happens you will be surprised that someone will determine what you should do where you should go, what you should not do, when you should worship. They have tested the waters. Prophecy came uh, clear that this COVID came to test the waters if the world is ready for the arrival of the Antichrist. So when they came, they said, no church, people in the house. It's okay, it can work. 
When they came, they said nobody should go out. The people in the house. Okay. Now they try to test. Let everybody be injected. And people say no. That is the hindrance now. Do you know why it is a hindrance? Because the Holy Ghost is still in our body. He's still in our body. As long as the Holy Spirit remains on this earth, the Antichrist cannot come. Let me tell you, it's not like he's not around though. He's there, but he cannot find expression. He can't find expression. Because when he tries and we begin labra, kobandi gada shakata, liga prokapai, dadia kupadia katani kataha, lekebelebe, one of the things that will not allow the Antichrist activity to find expression is the numerous presence of angels on earth. Why? Because the saints are here. Ah, I said the saints are here. I said the saints are here. I said the saints are here. And they can't find expression easily. And it's not easy. It is not easy. The saints are here. Somebody say, I'm here. Yeah. You see, that is how important you are. There be one single saint on earth, the Antichrist still cannot operate. One, one. If everybody's gone and it's left with one single saint, because that is the reason. You see, there, <laughs> no single drop of the blood of Jesus will be wasted. Anybody who is a benefactor of the blood of Jesus is in God's blue eye. And that is how important you are. That is how precious you are. And that is how you anger Satan so bad. He's not too happy about you. Not too happy about you. Not too happy about you. So the system is being set in place. Take your seat. Preparing for the arrival. So the trinity, the satanic trinity is being set in place. But you see, this beast, this dragon is coming out with ten horns. And I want you to understand that the activity of the Antichrist is actually in operation in minor state. Okay? When we talk about the Antichrist, Antichrist, what does that mean? What is Christ? When we talk about Christ, we are talking about the anointed one and what? His anointing. The Christ is what? The anointed Christos is the anointed one on what? He's anointing. So when we talk about the Antichrist, what we are talking about is that we are talking about something or anything or any situation or any entity or any personality that rises against one, the anointed one and number two, against the anointing. So when I come into service and I'm preaching and you make comments which are not godly, you are opposing the anointing and that is a sign of the Antichrist spirit presence when you are supposed to be in church when you are supposed to be and you are not present and it disturbing the flow and the smoothness of the church it means that you are opposing the anointing and that is you have become a borrowed vessel for the antichrist and you don't know when you rise up against an anointed servant of God we are talking about the anointed one and what? his anointing so rising against an anointed servant of God you have already been borrowed as a vessel for the antichrist so the word antichrist, don't expect just a person appearing. But you see, the best way, you should have an eye to see that the guy is around. How is he? He said there were three evil spirits. How is he? He's a spirit. That will find expression in a person. So you see, we, we, you don't just do things. That is why I always tell the church, I said, think about your actions. How, to what extent does it bring edification? To what extent does your action bring edification to the church? You see, we don't have a problem if you want to go. Because actually, some of us, we wish you go. Because your presence scares us. When we look at you, the way you are, and the way you're not responding to us, and the way you're not minding us, and the way we, we have to beg you to do things, and we, we wish, we wish, we, but you see, we, we can't say it because we don't want to be in opposition to the anointed one and his anointing. But when you move forward to tell us, I want to go, the question we want to ask you is that, are you being sent by the anointing? Or you are being sent by the anointed one? Or you are rising up against the growth of the church? Rising up against the activities of the church? Rising up against the man of God? What are you doing? What is your reason of stepping out? If it is not edifying, then know that you have become a vessel. I don't care. What your pastor did, I don't care. Whatever he did, I know Pastor Jesus one time called Peter, who was older than him, and rebuked. 
name and call him Satan. You devil. Today you dare not try it on any church member and call him a devil. Who born dog? Why do you want to call me a devil? Man of God, don't you know I have a right? Why do you call me a devil? But Jesus looked at him and said, you devil, go away from me. So you, you don't, you are not, your heart is not after the things of God. That means at any time, our heart does not pursue after the things of God. We have come under the influence of Satan. That is terrible. That is terrible. So beloved, you don't need to just get up and do things. You must be conscious. You must be intentional. You must be spiritual. You must be wide awake. You must really understand your actions. Because the, the system, I mean, the church is not physical. We make God physical. But the Bible says that it is a mountain upon which the spirits of just men are being made perfect. So it's a gathering of spirits, men. As we are here right now, you may think that we have gathered as people. You see me, you call me Kwame, I call you Kujo, you call me Kwabna, I call you Ajoa, and you think that you are, we, are, we are physical. We are not. Because actually, I am a spirit being living in a body. So when we gather on this mountain, upon Mount Zion, there shall be war. Deliverance. When we gather upon this mountain, we move from strength to strength. When we gather upon this mountain, there are things that happen, they are more spiritual than physical. When I shout amen, it means a lot beyond the world. You have no idea. You have no idea. You have no idea. That is why when you are coming to church, you see, when you are coming to church, you should, be, you should be more spiritual. You should be more in tune. I was telling my guys that I want to be part of the worship. Let's get out there. I want to be part. I want to, I want to get connected. You see, it is not how well you sing or how good you are. No, no it has nothing to do with that. Because sometimes your righteousness is as filthy rag before him. Why do you think you have sung the best skill? That is when you anoint him. Told Saul, don't do something. Saul did it by the lips of the prophet. He did it. And God told Moses, do something. Immediately, Moses got up and was running to Egypt to go and lead the people of God out of Egypt. And the Bible said, God got angry and met him. Why should you be angry against an obedient man who was on his journey, who was on his assignment? But when Saul was transgressing, where were you, God? Sometimes he acts like a mafia. Where were you? The Bible said that he met Moses, wanted to kill Moses. And a discerning woman. I prophesy upon all the men that you may get married to a discerning woman. Amen. Don't get married to beauty and don't get married to bottles. Don't get married to big bars. Don't get married. No, get married to what? Discernment. The Bible said anyway, we are prone to we are, we are, we are, we are prone to error. Because as for you men, you only respond to sight. You look at what is outside. That's what God said. God said it himself. He told the prophet. In fact, it means the prophet too was subjected to like passions of humanity. Prophet Samuel, a prophet God loved so much, was going to anoint and he saw a giant man and said, ah, this is the one God said, look at you people. You are always human. You always look at what is outside. He said, no, we don't look. You must look at the heart. Discernment. Zipporah discerned and saw that God is about to kill my husband. And then she took a stone and circumcised Moses. And that was how God repented of his decision. Wow. There are certain women when you get married to them, you will die. In fact, they will kill you themselves. They will tell God, wait, I'll do it for you. I'll poison him for you. They, they, will, they will finish you. I'm telling you. you. You don't know, eh? There are certain... No, it's not only about the women, no. The men too are part of it. There are terrible men. Terrible men. There are certain men, when you marry them, you, though you were a wise woman, but you become a very stupid woman. Because the, you, when you get married as a woman, you change your head. So it means that your thinking becomes, I mean, it's our source. It's our source from where? His thinking. Because when you get married, you lose four senses to a man as a woman. I 
predisminary somewhere and a man, a man of God, God up and came to me and said, I have never met, I've never heard this before in my life. When you get married, you lose four senses of yours to the man. If he's the head, then the eyes, he has it. If he's the head, then he has the ears. If he's the head, then he has the tongue. What do you think? You only have the sense of touch. That is why you like to us to touch you and to pamper you. But you don't know that we are thinking for you. You don't understand. But you see, you must marry a righteous man. Marry somebody that fears God. That loves God. No, no, no. He loves God. Sense of touch. Somebody say, Ish. Sense of touch. That's all that is left for you. That's why women like crying. They cry a lot because <laughs> you know you can think, but for the sake of submission, you, you cannot, you, your thoughts cannot rise up beyond the man's head. Because that is your head. Look at a woman, a sister, and tell her, don't marry a stupid man. Oh, tell her in the eyes. If you're a man, look at her and tell her, look at me, look at me. My kind is not bad at all. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So we have the dragon and we have the beast and we have all the false prophet. They all have the assignment. That is not my, my assignment tonight. Another time, we would look at this and their role and the assignment in our life. But this spirit, the Bible says that the dragon has ten horns. And the number one horn that the dragon activates against us. Oh, is my watch correct? Wow. Before I started preaching, my time is up. Oh, God. I just did the exhortation. And my time is up. <laughs> you see them? They say flow. They will be the same before. The Bible says, <laughs> The Bible says, Woe unto you when all men praise thee. <laughs> they sang Hosanna unto Jesus. They are the same people that crucified him. They will crucify me. As for that, he doesn't close early. Today I will close early. Today I will close early. I said, Today I will do what? I will close early. When I close and you don't want to go, you can stay. When you stay, I will preach you. Yeah, but I will close early. Hallelujah. But let me give you one horn. Because you came for the horn of the enemy. Are you ready for that one? Alright. <laughs> I said there are how many horns? Ten horns. The first horn I want to talk about, I'm not talking about it sequentially. The first one I want to talk about is the horn of doubt. Say the horn of doubt. The horn of doubt. When we talk about home, we are talking about authority. We are talking about strength. We are talking about power. Now, when we talk about the horn of doubt, this is to challenge your faith in the validity of God's words and promise, character, and goodness. It is Satan's activity, system, that rises and works so hard against you that you will come to a place where you can't believe God. You cannot believe God. You will do everything to believe that this promise God has given is true. You see, you, you, you'll be surprised. One day God told Moses, um, I mean Peter, Jesus told Peter that he should come. He should, he should come. You see, but for doubt, Peter couldn't reach where he was supposed to go. The reason why many of us are not seeing results in our Christian life is because we are not able to believe to the end. One day, Jesus asked a question. He said, do you believe that I can heal you? He said, I believe, but master, help my unbelief. That as much as I believe, you see, sometimes we believe, we behave as though we believe, but our behavior is actually depicting the fact that we don't believe. One of the behaviors that show that a believer does not believe is when you are a sleeper and you wake up with a bad dream and you wake up and you're you see, we will never hear you praying screaming until you have a bad dream the day we hear you praying aloud from your room it means that that day you had a nightmare it is a sign that you are an unbelieving believer 
is a sign. So he said, help my unbelief. Satan always wants you to doubt. Because when you doubt, you miss God's promises. When you doubt, you miss your possessions in Christ. When you doubt, the Bible says that with the heart, we believe unto what? Righteousness. But with a mouth, confession is made unto what? Salvation. That means that our righteousness and our salvation is connected to our faith. So you can see how important it is for you not to doubt. He told Peter, I said, come. Initially, the Bible said, Peter was actually walking on the sea. Just as Jesus was walking on the sea. It means that Jesus never walked on the sea because he was supernatural. Jesus was able to walk on the sea because he had faith. Because he had faith. And Peter was also walking on the sea. And the Bible says that the storm was blowing, not against Peter. The storm was already blowing. The storm was, you see, I'm beginning to see that faith is the release of another kind of information. And your, your ability to concentrate on that information, focus on that information. Because as long as Peter kept his focus on that information, he forgot that the storm started when he was in the boat. He forgot that the storm started when, because the storm came against them when they were in the boat and Jesus started coming from the, on the storm. And when Jesus was talking to him, he forgot about that word. He forgot about the storm. And then he told Jesus, if it is you, that means that at that time, his focus and his attention was on the Lord. So as long as he kept his focus on the Lord, he forgot the storm. He stepped on the sea and started walking. And the moment he became aware of the storm and started concentrating on the storm, the Bible said that Peter began to sink. That means that your doubt will sink your destiny. Your doubt. finish you. The Bible says that by faith certain women were able to deliver their children. When you read the Bible, it's amazing by faith others opted for death instead of life. That means that there were men <laughs> that you see death wanted, I mean death wanted them, life wanted them, but by faith they chose death. So, you see, it, faith is not only for living. You see, your faith will also determine your spiritual choice. By faith. They some shut the mouth of lions. Some quench fire. By faith, some caught fire from heaven. He said, by faith, some opted to be martyrs. Some opted for death. That makes me miss Danny Nete. I say, if I live, I live for you. And if I should die, I die for you. Oh, in all my ways, I'm ever yours. If I live, I live. In all my way, I'm yours. If I live, I live Satan will always have you doubt. He went to Eve and asked Eve. He said, God has already supplied information to you. If I'm alive, he said, Eve said, that, yes, yes. But Satan said, no, you see, it's not exactly as he said. It is not exactly as he said, but rather it is like this. So you see, not knowing is not just the problem. Knowing the wrong thing is the main problem. Your ignorance will start from the emptiness of knowledge, but it doesn't end there. It also arrives at knowing the wrong thing. If you are expected to know something and you know another thing, you are still ignorant of what you are expected to know. 
So the Bible says that it is for lack of knowledge my people perish. Not for the presence of devils. Not for the presence of demons. Not for the presence of witches and wizards. That means that I can stay in a house with witches and wizards and I will do well. Because he said that in the, in the, in the, in the, in the presence of my enemies, he will do what? He will set me a table. I don't just sleep in my, the presence of my enemy. I eat in their presence. That means I prosper. I do well. I get nourished in the presence of my enemies. I get nourished. I prosper. I do well. May you prosper and do well. Whilst they hate you, may you do well. Whilst they dislike you, may you prosper. While they hate you, may you do well. Whilst they are looking for your death, may you live. afraid of whatever surrounds us but you see the most important thing is what is in there and what is not in there what do I know before a demon will attack you he always wants to know what you know that is one thing you must know he said Paul I know he said Jesus I know then he asked who are you that means that he's trying to find out what you have in there who are you who are you so what weight do you carry what is that thing that you have? You know biology, you know chemistry. Physics, mathematics. In fact, you know CRS. French. Some of you have gone to learn Spanish. You don't know John 3.16. You are finished. I say you have all. I watched, let me just take this joke. <laughs> I watched a short video yesterday and I laughed. A man went to a woman and asked the woman, said, what's the difference between a complete man and a finished man? <laughs> and the woman said that when a man meets a very good woman, a, a, a woman who is intelligent, a woman who is, I mean, virtuous, he said, she said many things. He said, when a man meets such a woman, he's complete. But when a man meets a woman who's a social media person. Small thing, we'll put it there. And then she doesn't think. She's our friend. He says she's finished. He's finished. That's the difference between what complete and what finish. May you not be a finished man. <laughs> May you be a complete man. Hallelujah. Look at somebody and say, don't doubt. Jesus asked Peter, I said, why do you doubt? Why? Why do you doubt? John James 1, 6 to 7 said, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a waving of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. He said, for let not that man, not, not an angel, let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. And you see, what Satan wants to do to you is for you to come to a point of, of believing that God is a liar. That this whole Christian thing does not work. Satan wants you to come to that point. And what does he do? He wants to use the instrument of doubt that as you keep doubting what you are supposed to receive, you can't receive it and therefore you can't believe in God. And therefore you will say that this, thing, this whole thing is a gimmick. You give up on it. It's a horn that is fighting the Christians. It is a horn. Jesus said, do you believe I can do this? He always wants us to believe. Do you know Jesus went to his hometown, his own hometown, where he should have built a mansion and done wild miracles and many things. And the Bible says he couldn't do. The word couldn't means that he made an effort to do and it didn't work. It means that Jesus one time prayed for a leopard and the guy became more leopard. He one time tried to pray for a, 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 I mean, a, 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 deaf person, a, a deaf person and he even became damp. It didn't work. The Bible says it didn't work. He couldn't. He tried. Why? Because the people were full of what? Unbelief. They saw a carpenter's son more than, instead of what? A savior. But before his birth, he was announced as a savior. Before destiny, there is a process. Don't describe me by my process. I have a place I'm going. Man of God, look, there are ladies here, if years ago, uh, 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 what's the name? If Bogus had come to propose to you, you would have said no. But today, if he comes, you say yes. That was his process time when he was a carpenter. The Aigbe carpenter that you never wanted to see. Today, if I didn't find reason, you want him in your church. 
So don't describe it. You see, don't condemn yourself with your process. It's, it's a process. You are going through a process. You are going to, you see, you have not arrived yet. I'm here. Look, let no man describe this church by what you see today. It's just a process. Gaya, 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 gaya. You are about to see. And even that one which you will say, Emo, that is even part of the process. It's just a process. It's just a process. They saw a carpenter's son. They saw Mary's son. They saw Joseph's son who used to carry the wood. They saw that one. They saw the one that was selling bread all around. But they don't know that it's part of the process. So what happened? They couldn't arrest their hour of visitation. But when Jesus walked out of Jerusalem and got outermost part there were signs and there were what wonders there were signs and wonders and that is another dimension of deception in a man's head it's a, it's a, it's a deception when a man meets a woman he says he has met a fresh girl that is somebody's old cargo that is somebody's what old cargo it is even in the church man of God it's a kind of deception that denies us of our grace when a man of God comes from outside to come and preach to you, you think he's more anointed than your pastor who has kept you stubborn guy in the church. Do you know what it takes to keep a person in the church? It takes an anointing. It takes an anointing. Look, look, look at you. Did I come to your house? You are here. It is not just, it's not like, no, 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 no. John the Baptist was in the wilderness and people were going there. There was a proof of his ministry. The heavens opened and that day, even if you never believed that John the Baptist was anointed, when Jesus was being baptized, you believe him. So, a man of God will come from somewhere because you have never heard that voice before, because you have never had a taste of him before, you come and stand here and you think, hey, this man of God is anointed. Listen to me. No visiting preacher is more anointed than your pastor. No visiting preacher. I'm telling you the truth. Every pastor was anointed for his church. And every visiting minister just come to argument. It takes wisdom to know things like this. And that is why you underplay your pastor. You underplay. I'm not talking about me. Me, I won't allow you to underplay me. You know me already. You underplay your pastor and do the things that you do. <laughs> no, if you don't respect me, I respect myself. Oh, yeah. It's the truth I'm telling you. <laughs> At least uh, my family loves me. Oh, yeah. They love me. One day, my son told me, he said, oh, the three of them. I said, who is your role model? He said, daddy, you are a role model. We want to be like you. I said, wow. When I was growing, I wanted to be like somebody, not my father. <laughs> but when my children are growing, they want to be like me. I'm happy. I'm happy. May your children want to be like you. May my daughter want to be like my wife. Where is the daughter? Is it a prophecy or something? Wow. May my spiritual daughters. <laughs> Hallelujah. What a blessing. One day I told her, I said, I want my girl to be like you. She's beautiful. I said, I want, I want my girl to be like you. I will drive with her everywhere. Everywhere. God knows that if a girl had come earlier, there would have been some amount of jealousy somewhere. So he withheld it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So work hard to make sure that you are not allowed to enter into what? Into doubt. Because that is what Satan is looking for. He wants you to doubt the character of God. He wants you to doubt the goodness of God. He wants you to doubt the promise of God. He wants you to doubt everything. that You see, the battle is not just about you. The battle is about the validity of the word. Okay, the battle is just about what? The validity of the word. Making the word looks like false in your sight. That is why Satan is doing all that he's doing. That is why he's doing all that he's doing. But the Bible said that the seed of the woman shall bruise the head of the serpent. Hallelujah. Matthew 21, 21, Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, If ye have faith and doubt not, ye shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree but also in addition to speaking, that when you speak to a living tree to die 
What about speaking to a dead tree? It will live. He said, not only that, he said, you will say to this mountain. The word this there means that he pointed to a particular mountain. Preachers preached it and said this was a figurative speech or whatever. Listen, where he was standing, there were mountains around. He pointed to, he said, this mountain. Why, why are you saying this? You shall say to this mountain, I'm there. And say, uh, you shall say to this girl, which girl? You show me the girl, would you? So this mountain did that. So one day you will see a certain mountain flying. It has happened before. I, I've forgotten the man of God's name. He lived. He, he went to India. And one time, those days, some Muslims gathered and told him that your Bible says that you will speak to a mountain and the mountain shall live. When they caught him, they were about to kill him and they were ridiculing him. And these people have killed a lot of preachers. I want to remember his name. If I do, I'll be very happy. The name starts with C. And then when they caught the man, for three days, they gave him three days. They said, you should speak to the, you should speak to the mountain. Otherwise, they will feel him. And they bound him there. They left. And this man was just there praying in tongues. Not, not, not thinking about moving the mountain. He was just preparing for his death. He was just praying for his death. And he was ready to die. And whilst he was lying down praying, three days time, the people came. Man of God, you know what has happened? The man was lying down praying. The mountain was behind him. When the people came, the distance between him and the mountain has enlarged. It has enlarged. So the people saw that there had been a movement. Where they bound the guy, the stakes are there. Everything is in place. But the mountain has shifted and it has shifted so far away that it is beyond doubt. And that was how that village gave his life to Christ. And that was the village when um, uh, uh, the Lord or one of the missionaries went there. And when they got there, they, they, no, it wasn't a missionary. Somebody went there and was looking for alcoholic drink and said that this town, we don't sell alcoholic drink. Everybody had become a believer. Everybody. This is the extent to which doubt is ridding us of a dimension in the supernatural. Why do you doubt? I entered exam hall after missions. Came back, I tried to sleep. I tried to study. I wasn't working. It wasn't working. I, I, I slept ten times on the book. And w- w- what to learn was even a problem. Which book, which note, which part, which page, which paragraph. The exam is 5.30 in the morning. And I went for an old sales form book. And then it was a note. It was not even my own. It was my senior sister's notes. And I was just flipping through. The topic was on probabilities. And I was just flipping through. And I saw the probabilities of a circle and all those things. Uh, we have not been taught. I was just studying it and just looking at it and I slept. The next morning when I went there, when I, actually, I was led by the Lord to pick that book. It wasn't part of my textbooks. I was led. This was a system and I was in the tertiary, but I had to take it. Anybody want to sleep? And I was looking through. I believed it. When I went, the exam was between first years. I was in the first year. First years and second years, the whole school combined. And we're writing one paper. And when I went there, man of God, word to word, the question that I saw in my sister's book was there. Actually, the night before, I never understood what I saw. But sincerely speaking, my memory recorded the part in the graphs and everything. And I remembered everything where this figure was. And I started drawing it. I didn't write. I drew. I, I, I. <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> Put everything there. You see the way you're laughing? That was how the people were sitting around me were laughing at me. Prof, Odi, Odi, what are you doing? What's the meaning of this? You, you don't understand the question. Me too, I don't understand the question. Why are you laughing at my answer? Why do you think you want to write? You know what happened? When the paper came, my lecturer called me. You know what he said? He said that it is abnormal for a student to have 100% in mathematics. So I will give you 99. God gave me double for my shame. In Achimota school, I had zero over 60. But 
in mattress. <laughs> but in tertiary, I had 99 in probabilities. <laughs> Hallelujah. The next second highest was 14%. The boy was laughing at me. He drew some of the things, but he didn't understand it. So he drew the way he could spy my own. And he had 14. I'm talking about first year and second year put together. Don't doubt. Don't doubt. You see, when you doubt God, you are telling him that I suspect you. That's what you are telling him. I suspect you. He said, Peter, why? He said, Thomas, why do you doubt me? Look at it. Look, look at it. Look at it. You see, for this reason, up to now, when you go to heaven, because there will be a kind of Thomas, the holes of the nails are still in his hands. There will be a kind of Thomas. Because some of you will not even believe you are in heaven until he shows you that uh, you have come. I'm the one. I'm the one. I'm here. I'm here. You will not believe it. Let every spirit of doubt be broken. Let the horn of doubt be broken. Some of you met your rightful man, but for doubt, you missed him. You met the lady, but for doubt, you missed him. You missed him. Yeah, yeah. You missed, you missed. Some of you met some destiny helpers, but for doubt. But for doubt, you missed him. When Jesus came as a, as a moderate person, it was, it was more comfortable for the rich people to invite him home. And it was okay for him to live among the moderate. If he had come as a rich person, we would have missed the lower people and it, only the bourgeoisies in the society would have been saved. So be careful of doubt. Have faith. Faith will let you understand what is in the dust. But your doubt will let you miss the gold in the dust. You must understand this about God. Numbers 23, 19. And I'm closing. Numbers 23, 19. He said, God is not a man. You see, the first thing you must understand, don't even continue reading it. That first statement with a, with a comma is enough for meditation. Do you understand? A man broke your heart. A man disappointed you. A man did something painful to you. A man, a man, a man. When it comes to God, the Bible says that God is not a man. God is not. A, so the things that you attribute to men, don't attribute it to God. Don't try to have the spectacle of a man when you are looking at God. When it comes to God, don't measure him in the capacity of a man. He said, God is not a man. I like that statement, that opening of that scripture. God is not a man. It's a straight word. God is not. A, you see, if you are able to believe this, that God is not a man, why do people run when they get to the cemetery? Because they know that dead men are not men. They believe something they have not even seen. They believe they create certain capacities for them. That these are ghosts and they are wild. They can do something and they are. They can do me. They can do me. The Bible says God is not a man. God is not. Somebody say God is not a man. Please, will you say thinking about it? Just say thinking. God is not a man. A man lied to you. God would not lie to you. That's what the Bible would say. If a man broke your heart, God would not break your heart. If a man gave up on you, he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. God is not a man. He said that though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And when you come to a place where he's supposed to be death, he said you'll be dead with you. God is not a man. A husband may run and leave you when there is death. But God is not a man. A wife may be disappointed and may file for divorce. But God is not a man. God is not a man. Say, God is not a man. 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 Settle this. God is not a man. How can it be? Since I know no man, God is not a man. Mary was, Mary was asking, 
you know, it takes man to, to impregnate a woman. But I'm Mary, I, I'm a virgin. I don't know any man. I said, God. So the angel was telling Mary, he's God. He's able to do exceedingly, aboundingly, about what we can ask. Listen to me. When you talk to him, believe that he is not a man before you think about that he should lie. What the scripture is saying is trying to tell us that how many of you believe that a t-shirt with a description God is not a man will be powerful? Okay, reality apparel. I have market for you right now. God is not a man. God is not a man. Just get it straight. The Bible says you must write the, you must write the word on your hands on your forehead, on your chest. So when you, when you go to market and you are buying t-shirts, buy the ones with scriptural inscriptions. God is not a man. When I was in a car and the accident was coming and people were screaming here and there, blah, blah, blah. I was sitting down quietly. The man asked me, who are you? I said, as long as I'm in this car. No. Because you see, men of purpose don't die. I had not started. God told me, come and start ministry. I had not started and you are going to kill me. It doesn't happen. So that was out of my radar. I was not thinking about I was reading my book. The thing stopped in front of the pit. And the man said, who are you? God is not. He has promised and he will never fail. He said, he will not lie. He's not a man that he should lie. Not the son of man that he should repent. When the Bible used the word the son of man, he's trying to tell you that he's, he's not a person subjected to limitation. The son of man means that a person born by flesh and blood, subjected to limitation, cannot rise beyond a certain level. He became a son of man that we may, beca we may become the sons of God. To elevate us from the dimension of limitation and bring us to the place where we can truly say God is not a man. Look at somebody and say, do you understand that? Do you understand that? If, you've, you see, if you didn't get anything tonight as you are going home, look, somebody must write big in his room, God is not a man. God is not a man. I don't know what you're looking for. I don't know what is bothering you. I don't know what you are begging for. You see, I, I just don't know. But you see, just wake up every morning and stand before. You see, before you say anything, you can say, Lord, I know you're not a man. God, I know you are not a man. I know you are. Just tell him, I know you are not a man. You are faithful. Your, your, your landlord says that you must get out of the room. He said, God, you don't have money for it. He said, God, I know you are not a man. You are thinking about how to pay the fees. God is not a man. He's not a man. Hey, can survive you? Yeah, can survive you? Now can survive you? Danny, where did you me? I can minister as a me. Many bar me who saw me call me in Kakrem Fimuno. Now me the hospital and me. Hey, what be a yasemin come and you defo? Yamipo for the darling, where did not catch me? Or can not some tremi? Or can you not make me be a tremi? Satan, I may drink, say, may I be a pilot? A do baby, missing my investigator. A do baby, missing, okay, my main joining military. Now my confused because I have left the calling. There is always an expected end for a man, but when you leave it, you cannot find any beautiful and satisfying thing. It's when you find destiny, you'll find fulfillment. There are many people who are rich, but they are not happy. They are not fulfilled. Because that is not where they were called to. I'm telling you the truth. Found myself in the hospital floor. I'm dying. I'm dying. But you see, God is not a man. God is not a man. Hallelujah. Would you worship him? Lift your hands up. With that consciousness that he's not a man. He's not, like, he's not like your husband. He's not like your boyfriend. God is not like that girlfriend. God is not even like your father. God is not like your president. God, God is not like the UN Secretary General. God is not a man. 
I don't know the highest man in the society you are thinking about, but God is not a man. If you can lift your hands up and begin to worship him, I'll be very glad. I'll be very glad. And I'll, you know, you'll be, you'll be very glad. Just lift your hands up and Somebody love him, worship him. God is not a man. God is not a man. God is not a man. He will wipe away that tears. He will take it away. He will wipe. He will make that broken heart. He is not a man. He will. He will do you good. He will come through for you. I say he will come through for you. God is not a man. Those of you watching me online, I say God is not a man. 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 That is your lie. God is not a man. God is not a son of man. Subjected to limitation. God is not a man. 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 Shabada bakatalaba. If you are here and you are not born again, I want to pray for you. Because the time is coming. The men that are filled with the Holy Ghost will be leaving the earth by rapture. We'll be going. And if the Holy Spirit is not in you, you cannot be raptured. I am beginning to believe that the spiritual magnetic force for a believer to be raptured is the Holy Spirit. If you are here and you are not born again, a day is coming that you may be looking for your pastor. You may be looking for that brother standing beside you. You may not find him. I want you to be found among them that will be raptured. Jesus died for you and I. You are so important to him. He died for you when you were fornicating. He died for you when you were, I mean, committing adultery. He died for you when you were not even concentrating on him. He died. The Bible says he loved the world, not the church. He loved the world and he died for. If you will accept him, the Bible says nobody comes to him and he turns his back to him. I want to pray for you. If you know that you are not born again. If you know that when you die today, you are not going to heaven. It is not about what you think and how you feel. No, no, no. You, you see, you, there must be a conviction from the Holy Spirit in your heart. With all eyes closed, if you are here and you don't have the Lord Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, I want you to raise your right hand. I want to pray for you. I want to pray with you. I want you to raise your right hand. God bless you. Just keep your right hand up. You don't have Jesus in your heart. God bless you, brother. God bless you. Just keep your right hand up. It is not about my father is a pastor, my mother is a pastor. It is not about that. I was born in a mission house, but I wasn't born again. I wasn't born again. I wasn't born again. If your hand is up, I want you to just walk forward here. I want to pray with you. Just walk forward here. Those of you with your hand up, just walk forward here boldly. Today is your day. God is not a man. Jesus died for you. Just come. God bless you. Just come. Just come. Just come. Just come. Just come. Shadaba Katalaba. Lekabalaba. You are the reason for this meeting. You are the main reason for this meeting. You are the main reason for it. You don't have to die and go to hell. You have opportunity to take a decision. You have opportunity to take a decision. Why do you want to die and go to hell? Why? Do, when you read the book of Isaiah, there are preachers in hell and the preachers of the earth are sleeping. They want to come and preach. But God says that you and I are here. We are here. We are here. Why do you want to die and go to hell? Why? Why do you want to choose hell? Because you have believed a lie. Because you have believed a lie. You have believed that you are okay. And that is why. But you know in your heart that there's, there's, a, there's a lack of peace within. If you want to join them before I pray, please come and join them. Please come and join them. God is not a man. God is not a man. Those of you in front, I want you to lift your right hand. I mean your two hands up. Just lift your two hands up. 
and I know that you came out by yourself which is telling Jesus that I have taken a decision towards you Jesus you're walking forward to the altar means that I am coming to you Lord I am coming to you Lord and you are going to pray this prayer say Lord Jesus I want you to say it aloud say Lord Jesus thank you for tonight this is my day of salvation as I have come to you I accept you as my Lord and personal Savior Jesus I believe you died for me and on the third day you rose again thank you for loving me when I never had attention for you thank you in Jesus name Amen thank you for listening if you enjoyed the podcast you can subscribe you can share with your friends take a screenshot and share it on your social stories and tag us at KMC Worldwide for more information visit kmcworldwide.org thanks again for listening God bless you